Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My parents decided to cancel my 14th birthday party to accommodate my spoiled younger brother. Then they reinstated it when I told everyone at school. I am a 20-year-old man, and this happened when I was 14. I have a brother that's about six years younger than me. He was extra coddled by my parents for having been diagnosed with high-functioning autism when he was four. But other than that, he seems very normal, just unbelievably spoiled. And he used to get his way a lot. And by a lot, I mean nearly all the time. Anything I had, he also had to have. So that meant we had doubles of almost everything that wasn't a shared item. And anything he had that I didn't, he'd rub in my face any way he could. When I was 11, I begged my parents for a 3DS for my 12th birthday. I got one, but then was told to lend it to my brother whenever he wanted it, or else I'd have it taken away. Which it was. A lot. When my aunt found out, after seeing my parents forcibly take my 3DS out of my hands to give to my brother on one of her visits, she let loose on them for such blatant favoritism. They returned my 3DS immediately, then blamed me for the situation after my aunt left. But they didn't make me give it to my brother again. Instead, my parents went out a few days later and bought another 3DS as a surprise gift for my brother. On several of mine and other people's birthdays, my brother made a huge fuss because the party wasn't all about him. Even going so far as to outright state that he was upset because he wasn't getting any gifts or getting to blow out the candles on the cake. My parents learned the hard way that they couldn't enable my brother the way they'd have liked at those parties and were actually kicked out of a few for trying that. And because of that, other kids at his school stopped inviting him to birthday parties altogether. For me, my birthdays were some of the only days I had that I got to have about me because otherwise my parents forced my life to revolve around my little brother. In the year prior to this story taking place, my parents ended up paying more attention to him the entire time of my 13th birthday. And they even asked me if I'd let my brother blow out my candles for me because he was upset and pouting. I refused that because I wanted to blow out my own candles. They called me a spoiled brat at first until my aunt intervened and chastised them on their favoritism yet again, stating how much she'd noticed how my brother gets nearly everything between the two of us just because he's autistic. My parents got no support from anyone else there other than my brother, who was still crying because he wasn't getting to blow out my candles. And because he didn't get his way, he tried to outright spit on my cake out of spite but my awesome aunt thankfully blocked him before he got the chance then scolded him till he ran to my mum in tears my parents took a lot of heat from the other adults there and then promised to never ask me to let my brother blow out my candles again but they pretty much just went through the motions for the rest of the party my aunt then took over coordinating everything from that point onwards the following year a couple of weeks before my birthday my parents sat me down and told me they were still gonna get me some gifts and a small cake but my birthday party was effectively cancelled to avoid my brother having another meltdown. I told them I could not believe they were doing this to me, 
and they just seem to shrug it off without a care. So, at school over the next week, I told my friends, my teachers, and even my school counselor. All of them were appalled by my parents' lack of consideration and empathy. The vice principal even found out and consoled me, and all of this got back to my parents through social media. My parents ended up grounding and gaslighting me for telling so many people, but that didn't stop me from still telling everyone at school that I was grounded just for being upset that my birthday was cancelled for no good reason. Now, I guess that made it a lot worse because several of my parents' own friends, along with parents of other kids in my school, called them up or sent them Facebook messages basically saying, what the heck is wrong with you? Suddenly, I was ungrounded. I didn't get an apology though. My dad just walked into my room with his arms crossed, told me my grounding was over early, and then walked out. That was it. I thought my party was still cancelled because nobody said anything about it. And my brother thought it hilarious and rubbed it in my face that I wasn't going to get to celebrate. But by the end of the two weeks, my parents held a surprise party for me at my favorite restaurants. They then started claiming it was their intent all along. I knew it wasn't. From what I'd seen, everyone was incredibly unhappy with them for what they did, and it showed with any interactions family members had with my parents. So they ended up doing the surprise party to try and save what little of their reputations they had left. I'm pretty sure they actually had to pay through their nose that day to just accommodate me. I got dinner with all my friends at my favorite restaurant that had a small arcade, and I even got the PS4 game system I'd been josing for at the time. I could tell that pretty much none of it was planned and bought last minute because my dad had a look about him that my aunt comically described as looking like a moth had flown out of his wallet. My brother, of course, made a huge fuss that I got a surprise party. But with so many of my friends and their parents there, my mum and dad finally put their feet down on my brother to stop his tantrum when he wanted to push my cake off the table. My brother ended up getting a time out for the first time since he was a toddler, and my mum had to stay with him to make sure he didn't do anything crazy. He did try several times to run to the cake or stack of presents. Who knows what he would have done were it not for the fact that at least one adult was always on guard. Even my dad stood guard to keep him away. My mum ended up having to remove my brother and herself from the party entirely and took my little brother to a McDonald's nearby so he could have fun in their play area. I heard later she spent at least an hour trying to get him to come out of the play place tube structure and he only did so because he had to use the bathroom, then tried to run right back in again. My parents never tried to cancel my birthday again while I still lived with them, though they never again tried as hard or spent as much. For the remaining four years I was under their roof, my birthday parties consisted of a local pizza parlor, a cake without my name even written on it, and never again anything as expensive as a new gaming system. I don't mean to sound spoiled, but I was a bit disappointed I never got a cake with my name on it again. My aunt called my parents out on that each year, and each year they claimed they forgot to get the cake decorated. I'm pretty sure that the reason my name was never written on another cake was because my brother always refused to eat pieces of cake that had writing of someone else's name on it at any party, and they couldn't put his name on any of my cakes or it would have looked very bad for them. But the fact that I still got a day that was just about me at all and not my brother was fantastic in my book, especially because just about everything else revolved around him. During each of my remaining birthday parties while still living at home, my brother made a fuss and my mum took him somewhere else to calm him down. I was still required to share my PS4 with my brother, but it was mine and I took it with me when I moved out at 18. 
Now, little brother didn't like that and had a huge fit till my parents went out and bought another PS4 for him. These guys are such enablers. What? When I moved out, they finally had to deal with how they'd raised my brother so spoilt because I wasn't there to help them with him anymore. On his recent 14th birthday, he went mental at our parents for not getting him a PS5. He's now currently grounded for I don't know how long after causing hundreds or maybe even thousands in collateral damage during that rampage. He picked up a chair and just started destroying anything that was in front of him with it. My parents just looked mentally checked out when I saw them last. My aunt has also told me they confided in her that they wish they could send my brother to military or boarding school in the future because they can't handle the monster they created anymore. But there's no way they can afford that. I'd be lying if I said I didn't find it ironically funny. Yeah, as I said whilst I was reading that, your parents are by far the biggest enablers I've ever seen. That is insane. Look, fair enough. The kid's autistic and he needs special treatment. I understand that wholeheartedly. Trust me, I do. But not to this level. Come on. Not to the extent that one of your children can't even have their own birthday because of another one. That is mental. Listen, there's special treatment because your child has a mental disability and then they're spoiling him rotten. I think the fact that your parents are now regretting how they brought him up and are wanting to send him to a military school shows exactly where they lie. Entitled neighbor wants her kids in my garden. I am so glad to have found this subreddit because I have a legit crazy neighbor with boundary issues. I am a 29 year old woman. I don't have any kids, but my younger sister, who is now 16, has lived with me for about 10 years. And we've got a trampoline still in our back garden from when she was younger. The neighbor to the left of me has four kids and moved in a year ago. Two weeks ago, Glasgow started getting really good weather. So the kids have been out playing constantly, not an issue. They asked if I could let the kids use the trampoline one day. So I was like, sure, but only for a bit because I have friends coming over for some drinks. 7 p.m. comes and I ask them to go home because my five friends have shown up and we're going to be drinking. Cue the crying. They leave the garden upset, but hey, that's not my issue. They've been on the trampoline for three hours at this point. Their mum then pops her head out of her bedroom window and asks if they can stay in the garden longer. Um, no, I'm not your babysitter. She's annoyed, but drops it. Last week, I come home from some shopping and to my surprise, I found all four of the kids in my garden plus their younger cousin. I asked them to leave and tell them they can't just come into my garden without me there and they didn't even ask, but they refuse. So I shout up at their mum and tell her to get them out of my garden. She says, oh, let them play for a bit. You don't even use it. Okay, but still not your garden. Eventually, we get into an argument and they leave. She's angry and shouting, saying I'm being a Karen, or the irony, and I should let them in. I tell her not to ask again because the answer will be no. This, though, happened again the day after. All four kids, plus their cousin, waiting till I move the car from the drive and then heading straight into my garden when I'm gone. So, I wake up this morning. I've since put a lock on their trampoline, just a small one on the mesh safety enclosure to stop them opening it up. Cause I'm petty as frick. Plus it's a Saturday. I'm not working today, it's my day off and I want a long lion. But no, the neighbor decides that at 9am this morning, her kids are being fired straight out of that house with breakfast bars and a bottle of water and heading straight into my garden. So I can hear them from my window. I look out and tell them to leave. By the time I get downstairs, the mum has descended from her house and is trying to climb the fence between our gardens 
shouting about how I used to let them use it, and she's going to call the police for hitting her kids. Um, great, you do that. I'll be sure to show them the ring camera footage, which coincidentally also has footage of your husband picking the lock open so your brats can use the trampoline. Wow, even the husband's involved at this point. Unbelievable. So, long story short, the entitled mother sends her kids into my garden repeatedly, even after being told not to. She actually did call the police on me for harassment and hitting her kids, but ended up getting her own husband arrested for theft and housebreaking and criminal damage. Suck it, you female dog. Now, guys, that is the end of that post, but don't you worry. I know what you're saying. Is there an update? Well, today, you're lucky because there is. So here is that update. The main point, I guess, is that the day after this happened, I spoke to the police about the charges and asked if they could let them go. There was a charge of theft too, because the dad had moved tools out of the way and threw them into his garden, but they got thrown back in, so I wasn't missing anything. They initially asked me if I wanted the oldest kid charged. Now she looks a lot younger. I assume she was 10, but she's actually 13, because she was the one who climbed the fence first, then went through my drive to open the gate and let the younger kids in without having to climb over. I've since seen the dad at the local shop. He just sort of apologized quickly and thanked me for letting it go. I think the realization that his daughter could have been arrested was a wake-up call. I haven't heard an explanation though. Maybe he wasn't thinking about how serious it could end up. The mum, on the other hand, absolute crazy woman. I mentioned that she told police I'd hit her kids, which is absolutely untrue, but she also decided to tell a couple of neighbors that I hit them. I actually had two of them ask me about this. She also put some sort of barbed wire at the top of her fence. What, to stop me climbing over? She's also chained her outdoor grill barbecue and dismantled the swing set I gave her when she moved in. And I thought I was petty. On a maybe related note, I had a visit from the SSPCA about animal abuse, even though I don't own any pets. They seem pretty annoyed about being called out for a prank, so I don't know what happened with that. Well, I think that's pretty obvious. I've also been asked about my sister's involvement with the story. I just mentioned her at the beginning because I wanted to explain why I was 29 and had a trampoline in my back garden. She also wasn't home at the time because she has clubs on. By the time she got back in, it was all over. Well, you know, I'm 24 and I've still got a trampoline in my garden, if that's any consolation. Overall though, I've not had any more issues from it. The trampoline is now gone. The kids haven't really been out because it's been raining the past week. I rarely see the dad around as he works and the mum spends her days in her own garden being the most obnoxious Glesga Ski Ma you could imagine. Now, I'm not entirely sure what Glesga Ski Ma means. Um, I asked my editor, Steve-O, who some of you know is Scottish and even he didn't know what that means. So uh, yeah, none the wiser. I think it just means horrible Scottish woman. That's all I can guess. And it seems pretty likely. Gotta say, OP, legendary. Very nice of you to drop the charges. It's not petty locking your own stuff up, by the way. If you know that someone is coming without permission and using your stuff, yes, lock it up. What What is going on here, by the way? It's like a whole family affair. You got the 13 year old trying to like jump over and get around, open your gate. The dad's using bolt cutters, the mum's mental. This is just a typical entitled family unbelievable and in terms of having a trampoline when you're 29 years old they're fun there's nothing wrong with them. i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You won't stop smoking on your porch at night. Guess we'll burn our house down. Hi all. I just found out why there were a bunch of flashing lights and loud sirens on the street behind mine last night. And I am gobsmacked. The family that used to live in the house behind me, who ever so helpfully called the police on me after I gave them a heads up about their Wi-Fi, has moved out. And a new family has moved in. Our houses are separated by a couple hundred feet and a brush line. I found this out because they came to talk to me last week about me smoking a joint before I go to bed on my porch and how the smell is terrible and it's bothering them and I just need to not do that. Notes, I smoke precisely one half gram joint on my screened in porch before bed, perhaps three to four times a week. The likelihood that any of the smoke from that is going anywhere near their house is slim to none. I told the new back neighbors, I'll turn a ceiling fan on to thin out the smell, but I'm not going to get eaten alive by bugs just before bed because they don't want me to smoke on my own property. The porch is screened in. I guess this answer didn't satisfy them because last night, one of them came up with a cunning plan to get back at me. They dug a hole in their lawn, built a fire with a bunch of green pine wood so it would be extra smoky, started the fire, and then put a box fan pointed at my porch next to the fire and went inside. Three guesses what happened. If you guessed they set their own house on fire, you would be correct. One of their next door neighbors called 911 because some cinders from the fire set my back neighbor's house on fire. I have no idea how much the fire damaged their house. Only that the people who lived there got arrested and given an impressive set of fines for negligence and a bunch of other things. Did I mention my country is under a fire weather warning and all of those fines are multiplied? The juiciest part and the reason I decided to post on here about it was one of the cops was talking to the neighbors who were going on and on about the awful pot smell that I was causing, making the house uninhabitable. The cops sniffed a little bit and told them it wasn't marijuana, it was just skunk. That is quite a strong reaction to be so annoyed at your neighbor smoking that you would build your own massive fire in your garden. Wow. And yeah, it's unlucky that you set your house on fire, but you also did do that like it is your fault. So deal with it. I gave a friend my old Apple pencil and she became pouty because she wanted my new pencil. I managed to get an Apple pencil for an amazing price last week. I was scrolling Facebook and a friend of a friend was selling an unopened Gen 1 pencil for £35. I went out on a whim and bought it. And now I had a spare pencil that I wasn't using. I told my friend about it at school and said that if she'd like, she could have the old one. I bring it into school the next day as she'd agreed. And this was our conversation. Hey, here's the pencil. I begin describing the mechanics and what to do to her. Oh, it's amazing. But why are there marks on it? Oh, sorry. It's had a few chomps from my dog over the years. It works fine though. It's only the barrel with the damage. Thanks. And then she goes quiet. Uh, everything all right? You seem upset. Oh, nothing. It's fine. I was just confused as to why I was getting your old pencil. You what? Oh, look, I feel embarrassed for saying this now. I just got really excited because I thought you were giving me the Facebook one because you got it cheap. But it's okay. It's still thoughtful. Just not what I was expecting. Yeah, 
No, I got it off Facebook still unopened and brand new. If you're going to get arsy, I'll just give the old pencil to someone who's grateful. She ended up begging to keep it and then kept it anyway. I wasn't about to argue with the petty princess. Not exactly an explosive story, but still thought it would be a contribution. It's actually been annoying me all day. It's just the obliviousness and the nerves that she has that really got to me. Let me get this straight. Your friend was annoyed at you because you paid for something online and then didn't give her that thing. Wow, that is entitlement 101. I mean, if people like that do exist, let me know. I'd love people to buy things for me online and then I just get them for free. That'd be sweet. If any of you want to do that for me, uh, yeah, get down in the comments. Love you all. It started with, can I have your old one? Then it became, can I have your new one? Why'd you give me your old one? Then it finally became, can I have your old one? Really, really good stuff. Let's carry on. Why it didn't last. The Tale of Ryan. I was just watching Hairspray on Netflix and was reminded of my old pal from uni. In my undergraduate university, I had a friend who was a trans male. Let's call him Ryan. He was part of the Musical Theatre Society at our university and an extremely talented individual, but he was also a very entitled young man. Some of his highlights include faking a sexual assault two weeks after I was diagnosed with cancer. Every time someone asked me how I was, he'd reply for me that she's such a trooper. She's been supporting me through my whole ordeal. I am a sexual abuse survivor. So obviously at the beginning, before I knew the details, I was very invested in helping him through his trauma. Then when it came out, he hadn't experienced any trauma. He blamed me saying I told his parents the wrong story. He literally called me at 2 a.m. crying his heart out, got in the car and sobbed while stuttering and had me repeat what he told me to them because he was too distressed. His version, a boy kept coming up behind him, kissing his neck, grabbing at his breasts, pre-top op, and tried to put his hand down his pants. But the version of all the witnesses I later spoke to, as he was out with a big group of people, was his ex touched his sides in a playful manner while drunk, and by sides, I mean back rib cage in a playful grab before backing off when he said no. That was the assault. And Ryan tried to get the young man kicked out of uni for it, despite the fact he apologized and backed off. Once in the library, the ex left when we walked in and Ryan gave the most evil, twisted, triumphant smirk of glee I'd ever seen. I nearly punched him myself in that moment. I was so disgusted. Ryan also tried to get another student, Dale, kicked out of university because in Ryan's words, he's a transphobic bully who hates anyone in the LGBTQ plus community. What Dale actually said to spark this was, I do sometimes worry about how young they allow children to start hormone replacements in the UK, simply because of the rate of people that decide to retransition back to their birth sex later in life. I read a story a few months ago about a young man who transitioned in his teens and realized when he was an adult that he was only transitioning because his best friend was trans and he got swept up in the whole thing. But by the time he had realized he was in fact a boy, he was in hospital about to get his breasts. He wasted thousands of pounds of his parents' money because he got caught up in what felt like a trend to him. There we go. We were all sociology students having a philosophical debate when that was what was said. Multiple people, including Dale's male lover, had to come forward and then explain that he's not transphobic or anti-LGBTQ+, to then get the complaint dropped. Look, you get the picture. Ryan has narcissistic issues. But this one event is something that really will live in my mind forever. As I said, he was part of the Musical Theatre Society and they were choosing their semester musical. 
The Musical Theatre Society had one black male, one Asian female, and a whole lot of white people. They chose Hairspray, the show about an overweight white girl becoming a TV star, befriending a group of young black kids at school and fighting with them to end racial segregation in 1960s Baltimore. That's a basic description, but the point is there's a big proportion of the cast that are black. Now, I'm aware there are all white productions of Hairspray, and I'm sure they get as much backlash as it did at my uni. I'm also aware the writers of Hairspray have said they don't see anything wrong with all white versions, but that's not the issue. It did end up being a big controversy and getting canned by the society. Here, it was Ryan's mental gymnastics that really blew me away. One day in the car, we were discussing the auditions as Ryan was convinced they'd still be allowed to do the production. And he said to me, I should play Seaweed, who is the lead black male character, because as a trans person, I understand the struggles he faced. To this day, he doesn't see anything wrong with that sentence. A little more about Ryan. He has a supporting and loving family. Only one member was not told he was trans, but has no issues with his aesthetic. He once got told to get out of the girls' bathroom, which made him extremely happy. And if he didn't tell you he was the owner of two X chromosomes, you wouldn't know it. As far as a trans person goes, he got pretty lucky. In those two years, the only negative thing anyone ever said about him was about his selfishness. There are trans people I know who are homeless, disowned, struggling every day not to kill themselves. But Ryan understands the struggles of black people because he's trans. I'm no longer friends with Ryan. I'm sure no one wonders why. And guys, by the way, please, no anti-trans comments. I know a lot of really lovely trans people without main character syndrome and a lot of really narcissistic non-trans people with main character syndrome. Ryan just happened to be both. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Uh, Let me get this straight. You think that your struggles as a trans person are equivalent to the struggles of a black person. It is interesting is what I'll say. It's it's not the most normal logic that I've heard, but fair enough, uh, full marks for originality, that's for sure. And by the way, I'm not saying that trans people don't face, like, you know, hardship. Of course they do. But to try and link that to, to like, racism and stuff like that, it's just different, isn't it? I'm not saying one's worse or better, by the way. Like, that's up to you. I don't really care. It's just not the same. So you can't say, oh, I know how you feel because I'm a white trans person. That just doesn't make any sense. I think your last point, OP, though, is very, very good. Let's not make this an anti-trans thing. Not that you lot would, but you know what I mean. Just someone that happens to be trans and is also extremely narcissistic and entitled let's move on entitled friend thinks it's okay to spike other people's drinks so a little context my husband had a bad childhood which he's only recently getting help for so he can't do a lot of stuff and he also needs to take many different meds that can't go with alcohol antidepressants anxiety meds sleep meds etc i'm not saying it's any problem to me he's improving so much and i'm so proud of him and all our friends know about it. One of our friends, the entitled friend of our story, let's call her Ella, recently had a pregnancy scare, but she wanted to celebrate after it came back negative. She insisted that we go out to a club and go drinking with her. After Ella kept mentioning it over and over, my husband finally broke and agreed to come along. I mostly went just because I don't trust Ella with him. I'm not saying I don't trust my husband. It's the exact opposite. It's just that Ella loves flirting and being overly sexual towards him just because he has a harder time setting boundaries because of what I mentioned earlier. About an hour after we got there, my husband ended up going outside for a break because of how loud and bright it was inside. And I left to go and check on him. He told me that he was all right and that he'd be back in a minute. So I went back in, but I caught Ella spiking his drink 
it went like this. Ella, what the frick are you doing? Oh, uh, nothing. She then obviously pushes his drink away from her. So, uh, is your husband done with his tantrum or whatever? Uh, he's been gone for a while. No, why the frick are you spiking his drink? You know why he can't have that. Oh, but I just want him to loosen up a bit. He's so boring now. If I knew you'd be so controlling, I would have told you off before you started dating him. He's boring because he's trying to get better. What the frick is wrong with you? I'm telling my husband and we're leaving. Wait, no, please don't tell him. Well, since you think it's okay to screw with others' drinks, you can find your own way to drive yourself home. She was already far too drunk to drive home herself, but that wasn't my problem. I obviously told my husband what happened after more pointless begging from Ella not to tell him, and we then left. She's been flooding our voicemail with excuses for what happened for a couple of days, but we've been ignoring her. So that's that, I guess. Quick update, we're gonna go no contact with Ella. And I went back to the bar to explain the situation to them. And they said that they wouldn't allow her back either. I think that means she must be banned. I've got so many other stories about her though. If anyone is interested, I might post those as well. Well, guess what? I'm very interested. So interested in fact, I only went and found another one entitled ex-friend thinks it's okay to go through others belongings So then people have asked for more ella stories and I am here to deliver So this happened before the pandemic like early 2019 me my husband who wasn't my husband but fiance at the time Ella my twin no memory why he was there at the time But hey and three other friends were at our place for a sleepover Since apparently my fiance never had a sleepover with anyone before Mostly because of how he grew up i'm guessing so we thought it would be fun to all have one A couple of hours go by and we're having fun drinking and playing monopoly We were all losing horribly to my sibling if anyone wants to know Then ella asked if it was okay if she used the bathroom in our room Weird, but whatever. I say sure, and she goes. Maybe 30 minutes go by, and I went bankrupt, so I just decided to go and check on her because she'd been gone for a while. I come into our bedroom, and everything is dumped everywhere. I'm talking about important papers, wallets, cards, keys, personal belongings. Not emphasizing what I mean, but I think you probably know. Anything that was once in our bedside tables, but no longer in there. And there was Ella. When I tell you my jaw dropped, I'm not kidding. To be fair, she looked absolutely traumatized and it was the funniest thing. But still, I had no clue how to react. I didn't think we needed to teach adults not to go through other stuff. But there's Ella. I just ended up putting everything back, kicking Ella out. I never did tell my husband about this because it's so embarrassing to know that someone came in and saw everything in your bedroom. All he knows is that I caught Ella going through our main stuff and I just left it at that. Thinking about it now that I know how creepy she is, it makes it sound a lot worse. But at the time, I just blamed it on her being drunk. But it wasn't probably the smartest decision on my part, but this was years ago. Ah, so I assume that story then happened before the spiking story. I mean, nonetheless, what a strange woman Ella is. You can't just blame that on being drunk. Nobody just spikes someone else or looks at all their belongings just because they're drunk. You have to be a weird person to do that, and Ella definitely is. Based on those two stories, yeah, good idea not seeing her again, and she definitely is an ex-friend for a reason. To be honest, you could probably say that you should have cut her off just after this episode alone and then you wouldn't have even had the drama of the spiking story but hey at least you've done it now but uh yeah ella doing weird things that i would never ever do finally preparing to take my entitled mother-in-law to court my partner who is a 30 year old man and i a 25 year old
old woman started our relationship five years ago when we met I found out he shared a mortgage with his mum because when her ex left she couldn't hold the mortgage My boyfriend had a good job and decided to step up We hadn't met yet and he was single and living there So he didn't think much of it and that was his mum and he's a wonderful son and person I moved in with him after seven months I know that's pretty soon but there were some unforeseen events that led me to just stay and that's when i started to realize there was something really off about my mother-in-law to give a visual of the house it's a two-story house with three bedrooms two bathrooms upstairs and one bedroom and one bathroom downstairs when i moved in we lived in his bedroom upstairs all of the downstairs was absolutely filled to the ceiling with junk and boxes almost like an episode of hoarders completely unlivable there's also a laundry room down there and that's where we all did our laundry we were able to finally convince my mother-in-law to get her trash out of the way so we could move downstairs and have a bit more privacy there's a door leading into the living room of the downstairs and she would use that to get to the laundry we spent most of our time in our living area and got tired of her constantly coming through it so i tried to talk and make a compromise there were two other ways to get to the laundry room One way is down the outside stairs to the laundry room door and the other is through the garage and through the hall I went and bought some curtains to set up on either side of the doors So she had her own special hallway, but she kept coming through after agreeing to use the other ways One day we replaced the doorknob with a knob with a lock that locked from the inside We'd locked up and left the house for a few hours when we got back We found she'd taken a butter knife and forced open the lock something that could have easily been avoided when we confronted her she got on the floor and cried and my boyfriend went over to comfort her that is when i realized that she manipulates him i only asked why she did that and she broke down with crocodile tears eventually i convinced my boyfriend to get away and we moved into an apartment in town it was bliss i think from there he started to gain a lot more confidence and stopped talking to his mum as much This was about four years ago after we moved out my mother-in-law decided to spend a bunch of money and renovate the downstairs and make the house into a duplex type situation with her living in the bottom it's separate now and she's invading nobody's space she charges the tenants over 2000 canadian dollars to live upstairs which pays her almost paid off mortgage and all of her bills my boyfriend is still on the title and mortgage of the house When he was there, he was paying for everything, including her phone bill. Another thing to add, my mother-in-law does not work. So fast forward to now. I am two months pregnant with my boyfriend's baby. We're starting a family and my boyfriend has asked to move into the upstairs so that we can have a bigger home to raise our baby in. My mother-in-law said no. We asked her to take his name off. Nope. She refuses to let him live in his house. She won't buy him out. She won't take his name off because that would mean she can't keep the house She cannot keep the house without my boyfriend Her reasoning is that she wants to save for her retirement and she needs the four thousand dollars a month She makes from the tenants alimony. She wasn't even married to the guy Disability from the government and other under the table work while we're currently grasping at straws My boyfriend has finally realized that his mother doesn't give a dang about him or his child And now we're going to take her to court. The house is worth almost $700,000. We're going to force a sale for half. Basically, she's proved time and time again that she's a selfish, greedy woman who takes advantage of her son. Her other son doesn't talk to her or see her, even on holidays. We understand why now. I'm honestly just still in shock at the fact that after everything he's done for her, she won't do the same. 
Also, she has a lot of money. Okay, wow, how ungrateful can you be? First of all, what are you doing? You're not giving your child and their partner any privacy at all in their own home. That is bad enough. Add on the fact that you're getting all the money from the house, which you co-own with your son, who has done so much to help you in his life, and you're just saying, you know what, I'm not even going to replicate any of that for you. Nah, you're done. I'm keeping everything. Wow. This is a definition of an entitled mum. Entitled mum demands her 11-year-old daughter to get a pregnancy and drug test. Forewarning, this may be a little NSFW or graphic for some. Please don't bite my head off as I'm also being vague due to health insurance rules. I am a practicing nurse in both an active clinic as well as ER nurse overnights. My life is hard enough. On with the show. All right, it's a regular Thursday night at the ER. After my first job and the issues I had at the clinic, I'm already done with BS. And I do like to look at myself as a good Southern woman, accents and all. So I'm plugging myself in for another 10 hour show. We have the usual revolving door of patients coming in for a busted eardrum, medication referral, and a few ambulances coming in with patients from a nearby old folks home. Most nights is for a UTI. Fun facts, most elderly will get aggressive or become disoriented when they have one. Typically, we keep them overnight for observation or let them hang out in the ER for a three hour nap. They're just so cute. Most of the time, we can have you in and out within an hour and a half on a good night. I don't know what was in the air on this particular night, but things were smooth. We all know that us ER staff are always superstitious, just waiting for that one crackhead to roll on up for the good feeling drugs. It was just after midnight when a mother and her young daughter walk on up to the register area. There are like 20 cameras at the nurse's station, so we can see everything, maybe a little too much at times. This mama comes in and wants us to take a look at her daughter. The registrar, who is just barely out of high school, inputs her into our medical system and has the patient fill out the basic demographic info needed for a patient to be seen. We see our lovely registrar on the monitor, get up and come to the back to ask a question. The registrar, named Nicole, says, Hey, do we have a victim's advocate on staff tonight? I reply, No. Why? Well, this mum out here is claiming her daughter has been SA and would like to be evaluated. Well, we can do the evaluation, but there is no advocate unless I call the authorities. Nicole says a quick thanks and returns to the front. She registers the little girl, who's approximately 11 years old, into the system to be seen. My MA goes to the triage room, calls them in, and starts to do the preliminary evaluation, then gets them settled in bed four. A quick note here. RER is set up like a staple like this. Okay, for those of you listening, it's pretty much OP says they can see the patients at any time and can get to them in seconds if they need help. Once settled in, my MA comes up to me and gives me that one look. You know the look. That mama is crazy. And that she was. It's not so much that she is crazy, it's that this mama makes heck for anyone. I get up and go into the room. I greet the mother and her kids, and I ask them what they're here for. My daughter has been SA'd. I want her to get all the testing. At this point, the young girl speaks up. Mom, the girl pleads. We weren't doing anything. Can we just go home? Hush up, she hisses at her daughter. Will this take very long? I need to get some rest before work tomorrow. Well, mom, I can do any testing or treatment needed. The testing times may vary. However, I will have to speak privately to your daughter and obtain her permission to run some of those tests, as they are very invasive. (gasps) 
<gasps> what? She looked offended. What do you mean? I'm her mother. She will give you permission. She'll get the testing done. I look at the young girl and begin the basic treatment explanation. So, for potential SA, we'd need to run a pregnancy test, a urinalysis, a drug test, a swab of her private areas to rule out any STDs or swimmers. Then, we'd give a drug to ward off pregnancy and STD transmission. After all is said and done, if requested for, we would then contact the police and have them come in and assist in filing a report. I look at the mum, who is now absorbed in her cell phone. Would you want to or be able to pee for me? I ask the kid, as I reach for one of our urine collection cups and attempt to hand it to her. The girl's embarrassed and probably wanting to hide under a rock. Why? Let's just get it over with. Sweetie, is this not something you want to do? Would you like to talk about it? Yes, she will do it. Now get on with it. The mum spits out at me and her daughter. All right, hang on. Why don't you tell me what happened? I asked the daughter. I caught my daughter at her friend's party, the mum says. She waves her pointer finger at me. There were boys. There were drinks and drugs. You're turning into a really little hussy. Well, I won't have that boy touch my daughter and get away with it. What? Tyler did no such thing, said the girl. And it was coke, not alcohol. Mum, can we please just go home? The girl is pleading and near tears at this point. You will get the dang test done. This mama is yelling at her baby. Then they just keep on talking over one another. Mum, can we please just go home? You can't get pregnant or drugs from just talking. Please, the girl pleads. I'm just standing there. My MA next to me by the closed curtain is stunned into a frozen state. You will get that goddamn test done now, she yells. Thank goodness we don't have any other patients nearby. We didn't do anything. Why do I have to get the test? The girl's pleading and at this point does begin to cry. You will get the dang test done. Even if it means I hold you down while they do it, she yells. And the girl is crying. Now, mom, I interject. I cannot and will not force your daughter to do anything against her will. What are you saying? You won't have to. I will make her. What? Are you not going to treat my daughter? That is not what I said, mom. I said your daughter has a right to choose whether she wants to participate in treatment or not. I will not force this child, no matter how old she is, to do any test that she doesn't want to. I understand this may be upsetting for you. We all were young and stupid once, but she cuts me off. I said, test my daughter now. No lie, this mama begins to turn beet red in the face, huffing and puffing. I'm sorry, mom, but at this point, I'm going to have to ask you to leave or call security and have you removed. I would not be able to assist or help you this evening. With that in turn, I walk out, close the curtain behind and walk back to the nurse's station. I place a quick call to our security team. The mum comes out from around the curtain, standing in the hallway, screaming at some poor soul on her phone, blabbing about how she's going to sue the whole hospital and that we are refusing to care for her poor baby that was just SA'd by some hoodlum. The security guard comes into the station. I point in the direction, they head over and escort her out. I haven't seen or heard from them since. As a precaution, I did call CPS and have a welfare check done on the young girl. I hope that girl is okay. All right, as long as that girl gets some sort of help or gets seen to by the CPS, I'm happy. It's clear that she's pretty adamant that nothing happened. Definitely no SA. That's crazy to even suggest that. But this mum is just so over the top and controlling. Yeah, I think this girl needs help. What? Like, I don't know exactly what the girl went to, but it sounds as if it was just a normal party. I don't really know how the mum could have even known what had gone on. There's no way that what the mum is saying to UOP is what the girl had 
said to the mum because she doesn't even want to be there in the first place. She's saying this is ridiculous. So maybe the mum's just made all this up and is going to the ER for clearly no reason. I don't know. It's very weird. This woman is clearly mental and the kid's going to grow up probably hating her. Entitled parent and her kids get what they deserved at the public pool. I worked as a lifeguard for many years back in high school and in my first summer after college. Usually I loved it, but we'd get the occasional entitled parents with their bratty kids at our pool. My favorite story happened this past summer. That day was supposed to be a great day. It was stormy out. I was working a double with my favorite manager and other co-worker. Our supervisor brought us Sonic during one of the thunder breaks. Not just drinks. I'm talking cheese fries, tots, burgers, the whole shebang. And it was overall a great day at work. Until... During one of the thunder breaks, we were all sitting in the guard office finishing up our food. A little kid, probably about four or five, came up to us and demanded that we share some of our tater tots with him. It's a rule that lifeguards can't give patrons any of our personal food for safety reasons, allergies, etc. So we offered him some snacks from our snack bin that we use when a kid gets tired or dehydrated. But he threw a fit because apparently goldfish were beneath him and he screamed about how unfair it was. We told him to leave the guard area and said the snack offer was still on the table if he wanted it. The kid immediately ran out of our office to his mum. He's crying, snot bubbling, and screaming about how we get snacks and he doesn't. Cue the entitled mum storming up to our office and threatening to report us to our supervisor for eating on the job, what? And for rubbing it in the patrons' faces that we have food and they don't. She then started berating us about how we weren't allowing anybody in the pool due to it being stormy. She claimed we were lying about there being thunder, etc. At this point, we were all annoyed. We explained that we can't give personal food to pool patrons as it's against the rules and that everyone is out of the water due to it being unsafe. We even pulled up a radar showing her that there were lightning strikes within five miles of the pool. Of course, she wasn't having it and just stormed off. Wow, what a pun. At this point, most of the pool patrons were leaving because the storm was only getting worse. So we figured she'd give us a dirty look and then leave. Oh boy, I was wrong. Instead of being a reasonable and rational person, she proceeds to tell her kid to go swim. And that if any of us try to get him out, that he should start screaming as loud as he can. Of course, we couldn't let the kid swim. So we had my manager call the supervisor and the other co-worker and I went to go convince the kid to get out of the pool. It was raining, there was thunder, but this kid was just splashing away. We told him he needed to get out because it wasn't safe, but the second I stepped into the water, the kid let out the most ear-piercing scream that I'd ever heard. Then the entitled mum ran over and started screaming. She's hitting my son, someone help! And she tried to physically pull me out of the pool. Unfortunately for her, my supervisor had just arrived and he was already on the phone with the police. She was screaming, the kid was screaming, and I was fuming. I wanted to smack that woman and her child so bad, but I restrained myself. My supervisor came over and told them that they needed to leave or they'd be escorted out by the police. Surprise, surprise, she wasn't having it. The police got there about five minutes later, escorted her out, and she was banned from ever coming to the pool ever again. About two weeks later, she ended up trying to come to the pool again with her son. She came in, ignored the sign-in sheets, and just told her kid to get in the pool. 
We called the cops and she was fined for trespassing. She left screaming with her screaming brat following behind her. She then tried to start stuff on this wonderful, no, awful app called Nextdoor, saying that we were discriminating against her. Blah, blah, blah. But that was the end of that. That incident made me stop lifeguarding altogether. $8.25 an hour is not enough to be dealing with people like that. Yeah, the fact that this entitled mum was willing to put her child in danger pretty much just sums up everything she's about. Honestly, making your child go and swim in a pool when there's thunder and lightning. Like, are you brain dead? Well, clearly she is. I don't even know why I'm asking that question. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.